Well, you know, it's hard to believe we are already in another episode of Fostering Change, and it's fall. You know, I absolutely love this time of year. Um, People ask me all the time, what is my favorite season? And it's fall. I like the Christmas in the air, and, you know, I know that the holidays are coming around and love spending time with my friends and family during the holidays. But what I do love more than anything is doing this podcast. See, I get to talk to some of the most amazing people. I get to read some of the best books. And by the way, if you ever, ever think, oh, what book should I read? Send me an email. I can tell you because I read books all the time because of our amazing guests. You know, my next guest, Rick, he is a best-selling author and founder of Spark Change. You know, Each and every one of us have the opportunity to be a part of the change. If you follow me on social media, you actually see that I hashtag be the change because we all have the ability to be the change. And before we start to talk about the 12 hours of heaven, lessons for a better world. Gosh, knows we need a better world. Rick, welcome to Fostering Change. Yes, thank you very much, Rob, for having me. It's a pleasure and honor to be on your show. Thank you. So, Rick, you know, I'm very lucky. I just call you my friend. You and I have talked before. You have an absolute amazing podcast as well and being such an amazing book author. And your books are easy to read. This isn't your first book and um, your book are easy to read. But what I want to know is what was that aha moment in 2020 that sparked you to make change? Yeah, excellent question, um, Rob, and and thank you, thank you for asking because that's really where where my my journey of life kind of took a a big turn, and where things really changed for me because I was going about life, you know, felt I was happy, comfortable, you know, had my family and you know the the different things in life that we have, home and and happiness and health, and when the pandemic hit so much of that was taken away, or at least that illusion of control that, that we all have was, was taken away. And that's where things changed for me that I became anxious. I became fearful of what the future held. I saw my business, my coaching business diminished to almost nothing. One client that I was the acting COO, I, I had to, I was, you know, resign or laid off from that position. So I, I, I found myself essentially unemployed in many ways. And, and, just worried about what what I was going to do, how I was going to you know feed my family, and how I was going to pay my mortgage, and and all the things that we worry about as humans. And then I started to pray, and I, I realized that I was far better off than so many other people, and that I was you know who am I? Who was I to you know to think that be like kind of woe is me in, in my situation when people were dying, people were suffering, and there's a lot lot worse going on, and it reminded me of you know being grateful focusing more on gratitude focusing more on serving others of uh, this purpose that I was working on to have in my life of, of loving and giving and serving and I, I hadn't really that, that you know I had thought hey this is what I should be my purpose but I wasn't really living it and in 2020 that's because I was forced to that's where I was really forced to start living that and it, it all started with with writing 12 hours of heaven, because that was the catalyst that drove me to create iSpark change and to totally change my life and do so many other things. But, but it all started with, you know, kind of that, that loss that the pandemic inflicted and that um, anxiety 
and that struggle to where I had to find an outlet to, you know, to change my way of thinking. And that was writing. Yeah. You know, the fact is, is that, you know, I talk quite often about what the pandemic, how it affected each and every one of us, because I truly try to look at it as something in more of a positive way that it actually gave so many of us as creators an opportunity to reset. And, and truly, I mean, it did that for myself. It did that for so many people that I know. Yes, I will tell you the first several months was scary as hell. And, you know, and just as you, you know, how do you pay your mortgage? How do you make sure there's food on the table? And, you know, I will never forget, it was about three months into the pandemic. And someone reached out to me and said um, that, you know, and I was, by the way, feeling sorry for myself. And because I'm a public speaker and all of a sudden no one's booking me to do public speaking, to get on a plane, to fly anywhere. And I'm feeling sorry for myself. And all of a sudden someone reaches out to me and they said, hey, we're going to Baltimore City on Saturday and we're going to be handing out sandwiches. Do you think your family would like to join us? And it was that for my, me, that aha moment where all of a sudden I go to the store and I buy, my family ended up making like 300 sandwiches in our kitchen. And we drove to Baltimore and we started handing them out and seeing these people who had it a lot worse than I had, you know, was that absolute aha moment of saying, gosh, you know what? It's, it's really not as bad as I thought. For you though, you know, here you have this successful career, and this is only a speed bump because of, you know, COVID. Um, did you, as you were getting into this and you're writing the book and, you know, you're building this, did you all of a sudden realize that maybe you were taking some of your pain and making it into your purpose? Oh, absolutely. 100%, Rob. That was completely crystallized for me in the writing of 12 Hours of Heaven, because when I was you know, I started writing in, in beginning of April of 2020, and I started just writing it very methodically. Hey, I'm going to write 500 to 1,000 words a day, and I'm just going to, you know, write every day consistently. I mean, it was all new for me, and I had that luxury of time, so that that part was easy to do. But what I didn't realize is the impact that it was going to have on me going through that journey of writing the book and letting those words, you know, flow out. And about the beginning of June that's when I just felt so spiritually connected and felt like the story was being given to me. And I would wake up at all hours of the night with these different ideas and, and creativity and, and just felt so, so connected to God that I felt a connection with that higher purpose. I felt that I was being driven to, to this purpose. And that's where the idea for I Spark Change even came from is, is in sparking change and in making a difference and, and helping others. And that that's woven through the book, but it wasn't planned that way. It wasn't planned that it was going to be a part of the book. That all came during that, you know, inspirational, spiritual connectedness time that I was going through. And and that's where I realized I'm like, oh, yes, that is the purpose, you know, love, give and serve. And this is what I'm going to live by. And this is what I'm going to devote the rest of my life to. And that's where it was like, OK, like, you know, um, you know, you've been given this this stamp now and it's it's on your, you know, on your soul. And, and that's how, you know, I'm going to go about all my days. And, and it's funny because my wife, 
you know, I don't have any tattoos and my wife has some tattoos and she's like, why don't you get love, give, serve, you know, tattooed on your, on your body. I'm like, it's on my soul. Like, I don't need it on my, on my body. You know, it's, it's on my soul. You know, I'm not a tattoo guy anyways, but I mean, I have a bracelet that I wear that, and it's funny cause I, I'm not wearing it cause I was just typing and I take it off. Cause you know, sometimes when I type it bangs on the, on the keyboard, but um, that says love, give, serve. And so I wear that, but I, I firmly believe that, you know, my purpose is now it's, it's inside here firmly. And I try to resonate, let it resonate out in everything I do. And that's all so, during what you were saying. When you went to your wife and, you know, you're like, okay, you know, and you're a young guy, but at the same time, you know, all of a sudden you say, I'm going to take this different pathway um, in my life that by the way is also going to have to help pay the mortgage and the food so let's you know I, I remind people all the time for those that are listening and watching on our, our youtube channel you cannot fill someone else's cup until you fill your own okay mm -hmm. simple as that so you know all of a sudden you go to your wife and you're like okay i'm gonna leave this you know business that you know it's gonna come back but i'm not gonna go back um and i'm gonna do this what was her reaction it was scary. Just I'll, I'll rewind one sec, Rob, because it's an excellent question and tell you that it was scary to get to the point that I shared that with her first. OK, because when I was going through that period that lasted for like six weeks where I was like the writing was just flowing and I felt like it was just, you know, receiving this divine download from God. And I wasn't writing the story and all these ideas. And I'd wake up at 2 a.m. with with uh, thoughts and things about for I spark change and all that. I didn't tell anybody about that when that purpose was being, you know, branded on my soul. I didn't share that with anyone because it was so personal. It was so private and I didn't want it to end. And then probably I was afraid of what they would say, right? Afraid I would be judged or, you know, all the things that we think of, we think others are going to, you know, going to make fun of us or, you know, are going to think you're crazy or whatever. And so I didn't tell anyone. And then when the day I finished writing 12 hours of heaven, when I completed at the end of July, I felt this incredible urge to tell anyone I possibly could. Now, because of what I was just describing, I didn't just go out and start telling anyone. First, I told my wife, it's, you know, Saturday morning, we're, we're laying in bed, I, I, we woken up, you know, we sometimes will talk, right, but we'll sit there and kind of lay in bed and, and chat. And so we're talking, and that's when I tell her everything, everything, you know, what I'm just describing, I tell her all that, just, you know, completely, you know, bearing my heart and soul, completely vulnerable. And she starts crying. And she, she tells me, and you say I'm a young guy, but she says, well, it took you 49 years. You know, I was 49 at that time. She goes, it took you 49 years to, to you know, figure, figure out your purpose, but, you know, I'll support you in, in, in every way I can. And, you know, I believe in you and everything. And those words were, were everything to me. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Marrying the right spouse is the best thing because I had the same exact thing happen to me when I chose to leave the banking business. Listen, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. Um, the book is 12 Hours of Heaven, um, Lessons for a Better World. And, you know, as I've said this quite often, you know, each and every one of us have an opportunity to be better humans, be good humans. And I think that if you read this book, there's so much that you're going to be able to take out of it and understanding and something that I want every one of you to listen to is the fact is, is no matter what or who um, you believe your higher power is, you do have one. We'll be right back. 
This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that inspires our communities to bring hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. For just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Case mission and help us eliminate trash bags for kids who are entering foster care. For every $10 that you give, Comfort Cases will give a Comfort XL to a child entering the system. Be part of the change. Visit comfortcases.org. You know, I say it quite often, you know, there's nothing like a good conversation, whether you're listening to this podcast in your car, or maybe you're working out, or maybe you're doing what I normally do, and that's in the evening time, I really get to listen to some really good podcasts. Um, this conversation is one I hope each and every one of you tune into. But I also believe that there should be a takeaway, and the takeaway is definitely purchasing this book, 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World. You know, Rick, one of the things that, that I really, you know, when I, when, I, when I first met you and I knew about the title, you know, The 12 Hours of Heaven, I think sometimes, and I always try to make sure that everybody is included in our table, um, I'd like for you to tell us just a little bit about this book, that it's not this religious-based book, but it's more, as you say, lessons for a better world. Yeah, you're exactly right, Rob. And that's something that I, it was very important to me to convey to everyone when the book came out. And as I was speaking to a, a publishing consultant that helped me get it published very quickly, you know, in October of that same year of 2020, it was important for, for people to understand that it was not this quote unquote religious book, because I didn't want that to scare anyone away. I wanted it to be a book that anyone can read, no matter what their beliefs are. And even in the in the note from the author, I even discuss all this. I even you know share that it is really for for everyone. And it it's a fictional it's a fictional tale that was inspired by by a, a major car accident that I was in with my with my wife and kids twenty years ago, where we should have been killed and we weren't. But the book is a fictional story about an angel that is sent down from heaven and he gets trapped in an elevator with ten individuals, ten completely different individuals, all different you know, walks of life. And they're trapped in an elevator for a period of 12 hours overnight. Hence the, the title of 12 hours of heaven. And they don't know he's an angel. And, but during that time, he's able to help them through the biggest challenges that they each are facing in their lives at that time. And he teaches them these lessons that speak to their particular situation, whether it's to have faith or to practice gratitude or to love or, or to serve and um, these are not these are not unique to my book. Everybody knows that these are these are things that we've all known for thousands of years. Um, it, it's I've put them in a in an easy to read story, as you said, that people relate to the characters. People have told me, oh yeah, I really you know I really uh, related to Matthew or to Faith or to Betty. I mean, there's all different types of characters that people can relate to because. That's what I feel really connects us are the stories and the challenges and the adversities that we go through in life. And I know you and I have talked about this before about some of the different, you know, traumatic events and, and things that have happened in our own lives. And that's where we can find some common bonds and some, some similarities that help us to, you know, to um, share with one another and bond with one another. And 
that was my big hope in writing in writing 12 hours of heaven is that no it's not a religious book it's a book for anyone it's some something that everyone can have a takeaway like you said with the show have a takeaway hopefully more than one and that it will have an impact an impact on them in the same way that it impacted me and, and impact them for the better well i will tell you rick i immediately thought you know probably halfway through um this has got to be a movie because i think people yeah. will get more there's so much more they can get out of it and and you know and you know the fact that having someone first and and again this is my perception of how I got into the book was having someone even recognize that you are not grateful and that you need to be taught gratitude is something that I'm thinking there's so many people in our world who, you know, think that they're grateful, but really when they look at it, it's like, you know, maybe you're a little self-serving and not. So I, like I said, it is, it is such a great great book. And again, I do say this, and I don't think I've said this in all the podcasts that I've done. I'm trying to think back because I don't want to offend any of my authors because I have authors all the time. It's the first time I actually looked at my husband and finished a book and said to him, I could see this as a movie. And, you know, it it's that good. And it's that it just, there's some books that you just finish at the end and you're like, I got through it. And, and even though the book was good, it was painful. It was this book, you get through it and you're just like, okay, what's next? You know what? Yes. And, and it's not only what's next about the book, it's what is next for me. So, you know, creating purpose in one's life is something that I think that you and I both have, we agree on is that each and every one of us should be creating purpose in one life. What would you say that, you know, if some, those who are listening or watching right now, okay, and they haven't picked up your book yet to read it, how do you think that they get started on creating that purpose in their life? Yeah, it's an excellent question that I think more people need to ask themselves, Rob, for sure. And it's a question that I didn't ask myself for, for decades. And, and it took, you know, took some traumatic events to, to really have me start examining internally. And, and I think that's where people can, can start, is they can start with, okay, what has happened in my life that really, you know, leads me in a certain direction? What, what drives me? What am I passionate about? What are the things that, you know, get my juices flowing for lack of a, a better way to say it? What are the things that if, you know, if the world were to end tomorrow, or, you know, in a week, what would I spend my time doing? What would I want to focus on in that little time? Because, you know, time is the most valuable resource we have, you know, on earth. And, and, you know, I wish I had learned my purpose much earlier in life, you know, not until I was, you know, almost 50 years old. And so I, I think, I think, you know, kind of some tactile things that people can do is, is first, they can realize that everyone does have purpose in their life, that they do have a purpose, whether they think that they don't, or they do, they do have something. And, and then they have to stop and look inside and say, okay, what drives me? What am I passionate about? You know, what do I want to create in this world? And, um, you know, for some, it might be like for my wife, my, my wife's, her purpose, she's a, a fitness instructor her purpose is helping others, but it's in a completely different way than, than right. I help others. Right. right. And, and so 
when you start digging through the layers of, you know, who you are, you'll see, okay, I see what my purpose is. Even for someone, let's, let's say that, you know, they're an accountant or something, but they love what they do and that drives them. And they're, they're so passionate about it. Then their, their purpose may be, you know, and people understanding their finances or helping people, you know, with, with whatever it is. So when you really get to that deeper, why then, you know, that like way deep inside, why, then that'll give you a, a clue as to as to what your your purpose is and what's going to drive you you know every day because it's not it's not to you know get a paycheck and it's not you know to you know sure there's things like hey I want to take care of my family and and I want to you know provide for my kids but why do you want to do that yeah. you know what is what is really driving you know those what are the motivating factors. And you got to dig deep. You got to dig through the layers. I agree. I agree. I agree with you on that completely. And what we should not do is wait for that traumatic something to happen in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, for those who are listening right now and, and those who will share this podcast, now is the time. Now is the time for you to really start looking is your purpose in life. I read this on social media the other day. You know, no one's going to remember how much money you made or how big your house was or, you know, but what they will know is how, what's the impact you made within your community and having your purpose in life is and as you said, whether you're a fitness instructor and, or you're someone that helps with the mind or you're some of that, that is an impact in your community. It truly yep. is. It truly is. Listen, everybody, this has been an amazing conversation. Again, the book is 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World. Okay, I've said this and I'm going to say this on record. Do not be surprised. Do not be surprised when this is a movie, because when you pick this book up, you still, everybody loves that good fall read, you curl up in front of the couch and in the fireplace, and you really want that good Saturday afternoon, the rain is coming. I'm telling you, my friends, you know, get the book, read it. You are going to absolutely love it, as I know I did. And I've already recommended it to some of my friends. So um, please do me a big favor and pick up this book. Rick, it has been an absolute pleasure. You are truly what I call a change maker um, when it comes to how we all walk that path within our lives. And the thing I love is you have taught me a lesson when it comes to a better world. Whether you're watching this on our YouTube channel or you're listening on any of the podcast platform, Deezer, Spotify, Apple, Google, we just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for the support that you've given us. You know, as we're winding down our third season, we just could not have done this without all of you, with all the listeners and all the comments. And again, if you have any questions whatsoever, Rick's information will be listed within the body of our podcast. And I hope each and every one of you um, send me an email at fosteringchange at comfort cases.org and let me know how much you love the book like I did. Take care. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. 
Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.